unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I am, yeah, life is ups and downs, but I'm happy to be back on the mic with you today, and I'm excited to dive into this week's episode. So take it away. Let me know what we got on the agenda for this week's Copywriters Podcast. Sure. So if you've been a copywriter or a media buyer or a business owner for a while, and I know that describes you, Nathan, you probably have realized there are things that happen in this business that people don't talk about a lot, at least publicly. I'm talking about stuff you kind of wish you knew about ahead of time so you wouldn't be so floored when it happens to you. Copywriting and direct marketing make up a great business. And I've found most people most of the time are pretty decent, but not everybody all the time. <clears throat> and I know we generally like to be constructive and optimistic on this podcast, and we are. But I think it's also valuable to know how things can go upside down or sideways. You can't always avoid it, but you may be able to stop it once it starts happening or fix it before it gets worse, or at least deal with it better than you might have before you knew about what we're going to talk about today. Sometimes I think the best background for being a copywriter is having a previous life as a firefighter or an ER surgeon or a hostage negotiator. Because on those occasions, when things start to go sideways or upside down, it's good to have crisis management skills in the real world. And it's also good to know copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. I want to put this show together because I thought about some of the things I wish I had known before I became a copywriter, a direct response business owner, and a coach. To be sure, there are lots of annoying, disrespectful, and sometimes sheerly incomprehensible things that do happen. I don't think it's a good idea to believe that you can just all wish them away by keeping a positive mindset. You know, because some days are just better than others. One of my favorite success writers, Robert Ringer, has a theory of sustenance, which says, keep a positive attitude through the expectation of a negative result. No, it's not a Zen cone. It is a lot of fancy words though. And what does his elaborate theory mean? It basically means shit happens. Do not worry about this or let it throw you off balance. Sometimes you'll find that negative results are simply an inevitable part of the process of success, including great success. With practice and intention, you can learn to let go of the pain after a bit of time. And let's face it, sometimes it hurts, but you can learn to let go of the pain after a bit of time and hold on to the lesson because there's always a lesson. I call this cycle 
suffer, release, reset. I figured we might as well talk about problems just to be prepared for them before they happen. Everything I'm going to talk about today has happened to me or to someone I know. This is not theory, but alas, it's not all the sunny side of the street either. Okay, with that cheerful introduction, let's get started. Most of what I'm going to talk about today is from the copywriter's point of view. That's what I know the most about. We'll talk about a few business owner problems too, because I am one and I've coached my share fair of business owners as well. Let's start with money. Before you start on a project, you probably have the work spelled out and the money you'll be paid for it defined. It's always a good idea to do that. Some copywriters have ironclad multi-page contracts. I've worked on a handshake or a simple letter of agreement and 95% of the time, things have more or less worked out as planned. But sometimes you agree on a fee and your client just decides not to pay you the full amount. Even though they're happy with the work, the copy is converting. You have a couple legal options, which I won't get into since I'm not a lawyer and I've never gone that route myself. Sometimes I figure you need to take a loss and move on. Cost of doing business. Suffer. Release. Reset. Why do people stiff copywriters? Well, it takes a better amateur psychologist than I am to explain why, because I don't know. But when someone doesn't pay up, it tells me something important. And that is this. They're not a good person to do business with anymore. So I don't do business with them anymore. Simple as that. Nathan, anything you want to add to this? I have never been stiffed on a job. I have been in real life. I've had people borrow money from me and never pay me back. And so I don't borrow money nowadays. If I lend somebody money, I just lend it with the expectation it won't be paid back. But in the past, though, that was the easiest thing for me to do was just to accept, okay, that was a loss and move on. No use crying over spilled milk. And life is a lot easier when you're not constantly making it more painful over things you don't have control over, like whether or not somebody is going to actually pay you back. Yeah, good point. I'm the same way with loans because I'm not a lender or a bank or a mortgage broker or whatever. If I lend money, I figure maybe I'll get it back. It's gone. All right. Now let's talk about royalties for copywriters. I've had a few royalty deals that worked and a few that didn't. Now the big direct mail publishers are honest to a fault in paying their royalties from everything I know. But some clients are not big direct mail publishers and some people are deadbeats. They just don't pay their bills. I had one client I helped make over a million dollars with an info product, a pretty good one too. I can only guess he wasn't all that good at managing his money because one day out of the blue, he, de he told me he wanted to pay me half my fee on the next project. <laughs> I didn't find that amusing. So I suggested he pay me twice my fee. <laughs> I guess he didn't find that amusing either. And that was that. Suffer, release, reset. So here's a theory about when things like that happen. What we do as copywriters seems mystical and magical and miraculous when a client first starts working with us. As far as they can tell, we just throw a bunch of words together 
and the money starts rolling in. Suddenly, amazingly, and this is not everyone, but it has happened more than once, they decide that what we as copywriters do just isn't that hard or that valuable as they thought. Never mind that they still can't do it themselves and they have no idea what we go through to create copy that converts. So they decide they should pay us less. To me, that's always a good time to find a new client. Now, before you decide that only people who hire copywriters are the problem, and again, what I'm going to describe does not happen most of the time, in my experience, let's look at it from the client side. Remember a few episodes ago when Rob Braddock came on? That was a great episode, and he told us of one of his clients who had been ghosted by a copywriter right before Rob got there. The previous copywriter took the money and vanished. Poof, gone. As you might remember, this opened up an opportunity for Rob that turned into a big win for himself and his client. But surely for the client, the ghosting by the other copywriters still stung. And without naming any names, I heard pretty reliable reports of a different freelancer I knew personally doing the same thing to a different client within the last year. So it does happen. And I certainly don't recommend it, but I also don't recommend, if you as a business owner, I don't recommend you be too shocked if it happens. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, it's fun, or that you should like it, but it happens occasionally. Let's get back to the copywriter perspective again. Payments can be fine, no problem there. But there can be another problem, and that's too many cooks in the kitchen. Meaning the client passes your copy around to the so-called marketing team, and you get your copy with all kinds of comments on it. You know, different colors for different word comments. And some of the comments directly contradict the other comments. You don't know whether to take any given comment as a suggestion or a direction. And there doesn't seem to be anyone who's truly in charge at your client's business who can tell you. Yes, this really happens. I was talking to one of my mentoring clients this week who told me it had happened to him with at least two clients. And these weren't Johnny-come-latelys or marginal businesses or dark web arm dealers. These were big, well-known legal direct marketing companies. So... That's a problem that occurs with large organizations. Before I move on, Nathan, has this happened to you or anyone you know? Yeah, I call this copy by committee, and I've definitely run into it before, especially with larger organizations. And this is going to sound kind of absurd, but I had a client who is a household name, a business that if I named them on the podcast, everybody, everybody listening would know exactly who it was. And they actually had something called sensitivity readers, and they, they wanted my copy to be read by somebody who specifically read it to make sure that nobody would be offended by it and that no marginalized communities would feel attacked by it. And well, it was... Whoa, 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 whoa. I can understand the second part to a degree, but nobody would be offended by copy, especially your copy? <laughs> yeah. And it was it was actually during the whole I don't remember I don't know if you remember when the that exercise bike 
got under a bunch of fire for talking about how it would make women feel healthy and, and sexy again. And they were like, oh, this is a fat phobic exercise bike. It was right around that time that that controversy was going on. And so, yeah, this particular company was extra sensitive about it. And I won't work under those conditions anymore because I feel like a big part of converting copy while converting copy is being willing to plant your flag on certain hills, being willing to say this is who we're for and this is who we're not for. And I'm not mean-spirited. I'm not somebody who likes to attack people. But I think it's important that in any communication, especially sales communication, it is important to be able to say, hey, this message is for these people and it's going to alienate some other people. And when you run into copy by committee, you're going to have 15 people all with different points of view who don't understand sales and copy the way that you do. And so now my hard and fast rule for all of my clients is, look, I get the bottom. I will listen to your points of view. I'll listen to the business owner. I'll listen to other people on the marketing. But I get the final say. And if that's a problem, we just don't work together. Yeah. Unfortunately, sometimes you don't find that out until you're in the thick of it and you've already been given in advance and you have an obligation to finish, but it happens. So that's, that's by committee and it's happened to you. It's happened to me and we try to avoid it. And, you know, I mean, maybe some people love threading the needle about, you know, copywriters, but not me, not you. Hey, let me ask you something. How would you like a complete copywriting course packed into a $10 Kindle book. Yeah? Then let me invite you to try Breakthrough Copywriting. It's only $10 and it's available now on Amazon as a Kindle. Breakthrough Copywriting was originally a $5,000 live seminar I held in Las Vegas. People flew in from all over the world to attend Breakthrough Copywriting. This Kindle book by the same name is a complete version of my four presentations at the seminar. If you would like to dig into copywriting basics or refresh the knowledge you already have, then you'll really like Breakthrough Copywriting. A-listers like John Carlton, Joe Sugarman, and Bob Bly give this book an A+, and you can read the reviews right on the Amazon site. This episode of the Copywriters Podcast is sponsored by Breakthrough Copywriting. Check this book out at Amazon.com today. And now, back to the Copywriters Podcast program, already in progress. Okay. Let's just say there's a different but related problem with smaller clients, not the big groups, but smaller clients where you as a copywriter are dealing directly with the business owner, and there's not a whole bunch of second guessers around a table. And I call this situation the client who secretly knows better than you. <laughs> this is when a client hires a copywriter who goes out of their way to research and write a winning sales page in a test the page overperforms. However, the client is not satisfied. So they change the copy and the page starts working. Then they blame the copywriter and want the copywriter to fix it. Crazy, right? Suffer, release, reset. Well, who said all clients are sane anyway, huh? Okay, here is a problem both business owners and copywriters can suffer at the same time. And this really happened within the last year without getting into too much detail to protect the guilty. The copywriter knows what kind of design will work for the sales page. 
the designer who works for an agency completely ignores the copywriter's advice. The copywriter draws a picture, takes a picture of the picture, emails the picture, mocks up a page, and the designer doesn't come close on a second try. So the client hires an outside art director who knows direct response design inside and out to work with the agency designer. It ends up taking three or four tries to get every change made. I know, I know, why didn't the client fire the designer and simply let the outside art director fix the page? I don't know. I don't know. Why isn't the world a logical place? <laughs> but it's not. And stop shaking your head in disbelief. This could happen to you. I hope it never does, but you've been warned. Nathan, does that bring to mind anything? Now, you have a great design sense, even though you don't work as a designer. Yeah, I tend to get along really well with the design people because I understand design. And so I just say, hey, this is what I need, but I'm going to trust and we can communicate any issues. But I have seen it happen a lot. And I also know, and we've actually interviewed people on the podcast in the past that do design specifically for direct sales copy. And so it is a niche. It is something that exists. It is a specialty out there, designers who specifically work with copywriters. And so if you're a copywriter and you're running into or you're butting heads with the design people on your client's team, it is a very... It's something to consider looking for a designer who does specifically work with copywriters. Yeah. Okay, good. So let's get back to the business owner side. And if you're a copywriter, you can breathe easy because what comes next is not copywriters behaving badly. In this case, it's media buyers. Look, I know a lot of media buyers. I know a lot of them are good people and many of them are really good at their jobs. But every now and then, every now and then, you find one who simply doesn't know what they're doing and they're not willing to admit it and they're not willing to do the research to make a project work. They talk a good game, but because they don't know your niche and they refuse to learn enough about it, they end up wasting money. I was talking to a client the other day who had a media buyer that ended up wasting tens of thousands of dollars before my client realized what was happening and put the stop to it. Now you might think that's awful, awful irresponsible or, you know, keeping your eye off the ball to lose $10,000 before you realize it. And you would think that would never happen, but that means you have never really been inside of a business that is booming and scaling like crazy. Too many plates spinning all at once, tens of thousands of dollars a week coming in multiple sources of leads, credit card companies keeping the processors going, affiliates. It can happen. So watch out. And here's another thing that can happen to business owners that you won't learn at business school or at most of these nice direct marketing seminars or in books. It's like this. The business starts to take off. Pretty soon you're taking in five figures a day. Yeah, it really can happen. It really does happen. Your promo is everything you dreamed of. And then comes the nightmare of all nightmares, the credit card processor. <laughs> Even though you've got a perfectly legitimate business, a low refund rate, a lot of happy customers, and very few customer complaints, well, that doesn't matter. There's basically a limit, a ceiling that makes most credit card processors 
who are at the end of the day, basically banks, nervous. Most of them will not tell you what the limit is ahead of time. When they do tell you, it's either by shutting off your account or by putting your money, quote, in reserve, unquote, for a few months, or both. Now, doing this protects the credit card processor, but it can bring your business to a screeching halt because you're going to need that cash flow now to keep buying ads to keep the business going. Yes, that really happens. Nathan, anything you want to say about that? On two points. Number one, as far as conflicts with media buying goes, I've pretty much for all of my clients just took an over running the media buying now. So I write copy and I buy media and I work on retainer. So it's ongoing monthly payments and my life is a lot easier as a copywriter that way. I've run into issues in the past where I was like, dude, I know this is great copy. Why is it not converting? And then I get in and I'm like, oh, it's because the <laughs> the media buying was not on point. The list that they were targeting, the the people that they were sending to the type of ads that I was developing or writing, it was just not the, it was not good media buying. So personally, as a copywriter, that's a skill that I, in the last couple of years, have consciously decided to learn and take over for most of my clients. The other aspect, the payment processing, I've had... Only PayPal has done this to me, and maybe we shouldn't name PayPal, but I know that this is something a lot of people have dealt with. Oh, no. A lot of people are having problems with PayPal. I think it's okay to mention it. I've had PayPal lock up. Uh, it was less than $12,000, and they just said, no, nope, we're not letting you have your money, and it took months before they unlocked it, and they didn't even give me a reason why, and uh, I know a uh, friend of the show, Ben Settle, he's had payment processors. He He recommends having two or three uh, on backup, just in case one goes down, especially if you're in the direct marketing niche, if you sell direct marketing, or if you sell some things like CBD or other things that are kind of frowned upon by credit card processors, you always run the risk. So I, I love Ben Settle's advice. Don't rely on just one credit card processor. Have a backup and then have a backup to your backup. Okay. Yeah, that's good advice. And I did for a while. I had backup credit card processors. Luckily, never needed them, but they were there if I did. All right. So let's get back to copywriters now. Just copywriters. You would think that working for a big publisher would wipe out all of your problems, but you'd be wrong. It has happened to a very good copywriter I know who had a copy chief who goes to the copywriter. Suddenly, with no explanation, the copy chief just wouldn't return their calls, wouldn't respond to their emails. Nobody knew why. As you might guess, this copywriter, for whatever reason, realized they weren't welcome there anymore. So they went off to find another publisher where people return calls and emails. And as of today, all things are all well. And finally, this last one is both for copywriters and business owners. No matter how good you are, no matter how experienced you are, you just don't know what's going to work. You might have a tremendous offer and be totally dialed into your market. You might know the avatar like the back of your hand. Finally, out of desperation, you try something crazy. Totally compliant, but also totally nuts. And suddenly, you have a roaring success on your hands. You have no idea why what wasn't working before is now making money hand over fist. 
but it is. So you think you're lucky stars that happens. Mm-hmm. And so here's the big overall question. What do you do when this shit hits the fan? And there's no one size fits all answer. Sometimes you have to figure it out as you go along. When you run into a problem, start trying different things. One thing doesn't work. Try something else. Throw spaghetti against the wall until you find something that sticks. If you need to freak out, freak out. (laughs) But then get over it as soon as you reasonably can and start trying to fix the problem. Suffer, release, reset. And this is where personal connections really help. If you have a network of trusted people who've already been there and had that happen to them, reach out. And it's better to do this one-on-one most of the time. Social media posts about these kind of problems can be awkward at best and harmful to you at worst. Of course, you can hire a coach like me who's been there. I've helped people through every problem we've talked about today. And I've been through quite a few of them personally. Sometimes I know the answer, but when I don't, I can find someone who does and connect them up with my clients. Another solution is to join a mastermind, which includes people who are more skilled and experienced at one aspect of business than you are. It needs to be more than a kumbaya support group. It needs to include people who know things that you don't, even if you know things in some areas that no one else in the group does. And here's the hard part, the most important lesson from everything we've talked about today. Don't spend weeks or months planning for everything that could possibly ever go wrong and how to prevent it. You want to game out some possible problems and solutions, but you'll never be able to predict everything. Life and especially business just don't work that way. Instead, except from time to time, you're going to lose. Yep. You'll fail. I've heard it said that the most successful people are usually the people who have failed more than anyone else. It's not a slam dunk that that's true, but there's a lot of wisdom in that. The last thing I want to say about this is learn to limit your downside risk and maximize your gains. As you get more experience, you'll get wiser. If you reflect on what happened and figure out what went wrong and what to do differently. And so as you get more experience, you'll get wiser and your betting average will slowly but surely get better and better. So all solid advice. I do want to ask, though, you mentioned coaching and I know that my career has benefited greatly from having you as a mentor. If people want to reach out to you about coaching and copy consulting, critiquing and and coaching, is there a preferable way that you... Right now, your Facebook is kind of on lockdown. So how's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Yeah, there's a website, Garfinkel Coaching, G-A-R-F-I-N-K-E-L, coaching.com. And there are descriptions of the different services I offer and very simple, easy to use application forms. That's the best way. All right, awesome. I will make sure that Garfinkel Coaching is the ad role that we insert in this week's episode as well. And did you have anything else before we're out of here, David? No, I don't want anyone to leave this feeling depressed and hopeless because it doesn't matter whether you're in copywriting or zoology or culinary arts or you're a sanitation engineer. It doesn't matter what kind of job you have. There's going to be problems. I just think that 
you know, there's a lot of people out there who talk a good game, but they've never really been around the block. It, it, it really is their first rodeo. And there's a lot of people who know about this stuff, but are afraid to talk about it in public. And I have been around the block and I'm not afraid to talk to, about it in public. And, you know, I deal with a lot of people who are younger than me and who haven't had these experiences. And I thought just to give them a, a little overview of that 5% that's not going to go as well as the, the rest of it is a public service, really. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll appreciate it. And sometimes a little bit of hard truth is exactly what we need, especially in an industry like this one. So I appreciate it. I'm sure the listeners do as well. Garfinkel Coaching is the best place to reach out for you to get a hold of you, David. And if you're enjoying this podcast, copywriterspodcast.com is the best place to find more episodes. And until next time, we will catch you later, man. Yeah, thanks. Catch you later. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.